Hi, this is Kate Forrest voicemail. For the next few weeks, my voicemail is being used to capture stories, words, and reflections on our connection to Vermont's trees and forests. Everyone has a connection, and we look forward to hearing all about yours. Hi, my name is Evan Litzios. I live in Richmond, but my story actually goes back to my childhood in New Hampshire. My family moved to a rural town when I was about three years old, and my sister and I would go out and play in the fields and in the woods around the house. There was a small mound in the middle of a pasture that was covered in some sumac trees, and you'd climb up in there, and it would just become this little environment that closed you off from the rest of the world. So we called it the magic forest, and when we went in there, it just became this platform or like a stage or something for these elaborate imaginative playtimes. I very much think that my experience playing and imagining in that magic forest set the foundation for my whole mentality around trees, which are these wonderful, nourishing, and enriching beings that live around us. And we have so much to gain from them and so much to give back to them that's what I now bring to my own land here in Vermont, the magic forest. My name is Vincent Curtis Hunter, and our family owns the Black Barn Farm on the Bolton Access Road. Our property fronts a long stretch of Joyner Brook. The drama of Joyner Brook's gorge, its waterfalls and its potholes, have historically brought solace to generations of Vermonters. Since the Hunter family has come here, it's been our intention to be stewards of these wonders. We continue to have folks visit and envelop themselves in soul restorative experiences along the brook. On any given day, folks come by and ask to climb the trails. When they come back down by the barn, it's clear they've changed. They have stirred up their contemplative embers. I hope that this will continue. Welcome to Heartwood, Vermont, a new podcast that connects Vermonters to our forested landscape through stories and answers your questions about our forests, forest management, and the forest economy. We began this journey at the start of the pandemic asking people to call in with their connection to the woods. Over the past year, we've explored deeper into our forests, the people who care for it, work in it, and the many benefits, values, and products it provides. I'm Kate Four, And I'm Lisa Sawsville. Lisa is the Executive Director of Vermont Coverts. And Kate is a Community Forestry Specialist with the UVM Extension. Together, we'll be your hosts as we explore our woods. Trees and woodlands are important for many reasons. They offer us materials that keep us safe and warm and offer us a deep connection to the world outside our windows. Forests provide solace. They're a place to escape from the chaos of our current world. You will hear many different voices from landowners, resource professionals, and wood products producers as we dive into the heart of why Vermont's forests matter. Here are a few of the stories we heard. I grew up in a family that cherishes the outdoors. That's sort of our family history. 
On my mother's side, my family were forest dwellers and loggers, so this would be 100 years ago in Pennsylvania, and my dad's family were farmers, so I sort of come from the land, and I grew up outside a lot. The forest means everything to me. I, I go to the forest when I need to recharge or where, when I need to settle down or when I need to clear my head or when I need to get some energy. You know, you walk into a forest and it's like going into a cathedral, you know, a natural cathedral. You can just close your eyes and hear the birds and hear the babbling brook and hear the the wind flowing through the leaves. You open your eyes and you can, you know, see all those things. You can see busy squirrels running around getting their cash ready for the winter. You know, occasionally we'll see deer. If we're lucky, we'll see a fox or at least we'll see footprints in the, in the snow. It's a place to to relax and recharge and rejuvenate. It's a place of calm and inspiration, really. The forest is our breadbasket. It's it's what keeps us going and and I feel pretty confident that, you know, as we go forward that we are going to be growing good quality trees here. You know, this spring I just learned about leeks uh, ramps or whatever you want to call them in the spring so there's some interesting things that you know that I'm learning and enjoying I grew up here on a family farm that had its own forest even as a, you know a, a teenager I, I was one to be outside that was part of the part of the gig going up to help my dad get wood load his truck and move it to the mills that he supplied and I, I loved hunting when I was a kid, and, and now I love the, uh, the opportunity to go hiking, not necessarily on the beaten path. I just love the outdoors. I love the woods. I mean, you see all kinds of animals in the woods. I, en I enjoy that. I was looking tonight on my way out where we just got done cutting, and I just got done picking up the wood. You know, I turned around looked out the window of my folder, and it's like... It, it, it looks so good. It, it looks like a park, you know? I mean, it isn't a, a runway or an airplane. That was Peggy Farabaugh, Ken Gagne, and Brian LaFoe. Lisa, tell me about your connection to the woods. I think I really understood my connection when someone asked me to go out and find a tree that I connected with. And I searched through the woods, and there were a number of different trees, and I found a cherry tree. And I love looking at the bark, you know, like it's like potato chips they describe it as. And I was looking at that and I was thinking, I'm a lot like that cherry tree because they need to draw up the nutrients, they need to nourish themselves, and then they provide this wonderful food source for all the wildlife. And so I saw it as needing for myself to nourish myself so that I could be things for others. So I had this connection and understanding how this tree in the forest needed to, to survive and give back and it was just this, this sudden deep connection to this one tree that existed in the forest and understanding it's part of that whole community of the forest. That's really beautiful, Lisa. Well, what's your connection? 
I grew up playing, you know, down by a stream and spending a lot of time just as a kid out wandering, exploring the woods. And then as a young professional, uh, learning about the woods and trying to understand kind of the complexities of the forest ecosystem and everything that makes it up, you know, from the soils to the plants to the animals that use it for habitat. And now as a mom, you know, my connection to the woods has really deepened through being able to spend time uh, hiking and walking and exploring our woods with my kids. I had more time with one of my sons who, you know, we were home. We weren't running around to basketball games. We weren't running around to everything that was occupying our life. And so we had more time to hike and we saw a barred owl and he saw a, what was it? Scarlet Tanager for the first time. This past year, I think one of my favorite sightings was the indigo bunting. I had never seen one out in the wild and I, I was walking around kind of a forest field area in Jericho and I saw one and it was just so bright and blue and beautiful. This past year, you know, with with kind of limited social activities, I've spent a lot of time in my off time kind of walking around the woods in, in times of year that I probably wouldn't normally be hiking around a lot. The trees that are here and the different components of our forests just seem normal and, and home to me. And that's really, I don't know, that, that provides such a connection to me. And it's, it's not really a describable feeling or a describable experience. One thing that I really enjoy when it's snowy and you come up on a vernal pool in the middle of the woods and all you can hear is, is frog calls, like that's, that's one of the coolest things I think you can experience in, in the woods here. When you go out in the woods in the wintertime in Vermont and it just seems like it's quiet and there's nothing going on. I, obviously, the more you pay attention, the more you see what's going on. But the miracle of springtime if you live in the Northeast, it's just mind-blowing to me. One of my favorite experiences going out into the woods very early in the morning, right around daybreak in May when the all the neotropical songbirds are coming back and it's just like this, you can feel life flooding back into this, this system. You know, as the sun comes up, there's even a smell, you know, you can smell things growing and, and that bursting of, of life is, is almost overwhelming. My love of the forest came definitely from a dramatic influence from my mother. The value of stewardship that my mother ingrained in me, the love of exploration, adventure, and, and learning in the forest. The closer you look at a forest, the more you see. And I'll relate a kind of a personal you know, reflection of that that happened this spring when the pandemic was really just getting underway. Um, it was during sugaring season. Um, I was boiling sap in, in the sugar house and we often invite guests in to, to be part of that. Um, neighbors would stop by on a daily basis and I finally had to shut that all down because it just wasn't, wasn't safe to be in that, that tight quarter that way. My sugar bush is not at my home where I boil the sap. It's, it's in, in Moortown. I live in Waterbury Center. So it's a 20 minute drive there and a 20 minute drive back. And I went one day to, to, to collect sap and the, you know, as I was pumping it from the, the tank on the land into the tank in my truck, I just had 15 minutes to, to wait. It just made me pause for a moment and say, this is still right. This is still the way things should be. The sap was still running. 
the stream was breaking up, the ice was breaking up and was making it sound. There wasn't a lot of birdsong yet at that time, of course, but, but things just seemed okay. And there aren't many places where I can go on a daily basis where I feel that way, where I feel like I'm free from all these external influences that tell me all the things that are happening in the world that aren't necessarily good or desirable right now. But the forest is a place where I can go no matter what. The pandemic helped me to, to understand that, to be kind of at, at peace with things. That was Andrea Shortsleeve, Alan Kelfie, and Steve Hagenboo. All of these voices really spoke to me. I feel my own connection in their voices and their stories. Somehow I always end up under a hemlock tree and <laughs> I find it to be one of the most serene places just standing under the branches of a hemlock tree. I don't know why. I think it's just magical and I've been out there, you know, on several different occasions and in my mind have been thinking, oh, that would be a really good place to kind of just sit and hang out. And when I kind of take a step back and see what the larger picture is, it usually always involves a hemlock. Something about them I find really cool and magical. I don't know how to put it into words, but it's comforting. You just somehow feel um, like you're protected. I've only seen fishers out of the corner of my eye as they kind of darted up a cliff and, you know, deer once in a while and obviously porcupine and, and raccoons. You can almost picture in your mind, you know, the animal making those tracks an hour or two hours or maybe even just minutes ahead of you getting there. Most of the trails are 45 minutes at least around our property. And I try to make a point even if I'm sitting at the computer all day to go out and spend an hour just walking on it somewhere. I go, oh, I just walked here two days ago. It's, you know, it's boring. And about a minute or two after you kind of step off onto the path, it's not exactly the same as it was yesterday. There's something else to look at. And if there's not something else to look at, more importantly, there's something else you start thinking about. So just being on the woods, in the woods, or in the field, or, or walking through some trees or near some trees, you start to think. That was Sabina Ernst and Skip Abelson. As we move forward, we will be exploring the journey of owning and caring for land and hear from landowners, foresters, loggers, and woodcrafters. We hope you will join us. Hi, my name is Victoria Bluer. I live in Weybridge, Vermont, and this is my take on our woods. When my husband and I moved to a house on 45 acres in 2017, I had no idea how much we'd fall in love with our 30 acres of woodland. We've seen amazing wildlife and birds. I feel very in tune with the seasons. When I'm out walking, and I see a grouping of stones, I can't help but wonder who put them there and why. The effect of being in the woods on our moods, especially during this pandemic, has been very important to our mental well-being. One can't help but feel the stress 
leave our bodies as we enter the woods. I feel a great amount of responsibility to keep our woods healthy for animals that reside there and for future generations and for the overall health of the planet. This has been Kate and Lisa, and you've been listening to Heartwood Vermont, hosted by Vermont Coverts, UVM Extension, and UVM Center for Research on Vermont. This podcast was produced by Leah Kelleher and made possible by funding from Vermont Agency of Agriculture, Food and Markets, and the Working Lands Enterprise Board. The fiddle music that you heard in this episode was written and performed by Vermont musician Joanne Garten. To hear more of her work, check out her album, Bees Knees.